is this on? special edition of the flyover state sports show it's a mid-week episode and well i guess it's the end of the week episode and we have the one the only the winner of the flyover state sports show bracket challenge mr cash kansas give it up for the man himself thank you (laughs) it's a pleasure to be back well you know mr cash I said you were an expert about three weeks ago, and you proved us right. You were victorious, and you've earned yourself. It came down to the wire. Yeah, you know, I think what put me over the edge was the North Carolina pick. I think that's what won it, honestly. Like, (laughs) oh yeah. Any, I mean, that's because yeah, that that was everything else. You know, was pretty even across the board, unless you didn't pick KU. I didn't realize that picking the winner gave you so many points. That was yeah, it's it's three hundred twenty points. Yeah, that's like the dang. Yeah, you I, can earn up to three hundred twenty for each round. So I mean, that North Carolina win was a forty point swing. How much you win by? Like forty? Uh, yeah, maybe even less than that. Oh shit! Then close. it did win. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. I'm glad that you're on instead of Trey. Trey would have. Trey doesn't listen to our podcast. Trey probably would not come on. Trey would have been annoying. But I know that you're going <laughs> to have some good stuff for us, Mr. Cash. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, uh, there's something to be said about, uh, like, the the defending champ. I think I might have brought this up in the last episode, but the, the defending champion of the NCAA tournament uh, does not f- uh, fare well in, um, the, like, the next year. Uh, I don't know. It's something like the last since Florida won it back to back in the early 2000s. Uh, no defending champion has made it past the Sweet 16. Really? I'm pretty. Yeah. If KU does. OK, so I'm locking. So, in but next yeah, year. yeah. KU's going to not get past the Sweet 16 next year. Honestly, not worth it from a K-State fan's perspective. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, there's also a trend. It's like every 10, 15 years, a team wins it back-to-back. So are we overdue? We are. It's definitely overdue, I think, for a back. I don't think KU's going to win it next year. We're literally losing our entire team. But I I think Christian, um, full disclosure, every time in my head, I think it's Christian Braun. Yeah, no, no I, I used, yeah, I say that too. It's like in it, my, how do you pronounce it, Brown? Brown but I, yeah, I, I don't know. Get it out of my head. Burlington, Kansas, stand up. But um, <laughs> I, he might come back. I, I've seen some stuff where like his stock is kind of falling down, and like he might just end up coming back for another year, which I think would be a big boost to you guys. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't really see that happening. I don't know. I guess. You know, if he just really enjoys KU, but I just feel like this is his shot, you know? Why would you not 
I don't know. I feel like if I was Christian Brown, I would just go to the league or go to play in the G League. I just don't yeah. think his stock is going to get any higher because I don't really. He would need like an Oach type job. Yeah, he could. You know, that's kind of what Oach, like what Oach did last year. Oach, like, at basically, I don't know, tested the waters of the NBA draft, and then they told him that he needed to become an alpha. So you know, in the off season, he trained really hard. Literally came back his senior year and was just like a total freak. So that that I guess Christian Brown could try that. Could work. He could also get hurt and like absolutely fuck up everything. But Coach Self does a very good job at bringing people back for their senior season. Yeah, I actually got a an interesting story about Ochai. He um he trained with Damian Lillard's trainer uh, before the season, and but you know Ochai is like smiley, happy guy, and he's kind of super friendly. He, he's a really hard guy to not like, basically. Oh, yeah. And he's always kind of like, because of that, he is that way. He's always kind of been uh, the coach's pet his whole entire life. But he showed up to this train, this uh, workout. It was the first workout with Damian Lillard's trainer. And he walks in and he's like five minutes early. And the trainer guy like tells him that he's late. And he makes him get on the line and run sprints. And Ochai (laughs) literally said, because like I've read this article about this. Ochai was quoted saying that he, he was thinking about quitting like after the first workout. And then he, I guess, I don't know. Someone must've convinced him to stick with it, but eventually he got to do a workout with Damian Lillard. And what Ochai says is that like, it is unbelievable how hard Damian Lillard goes in like his his traditional NBA workouts. Like he is just going balls to the wall. Dude, he doesn't run from the grind. Yeah. He doesn't run from Portland either. <laughs> yeah. And so like Ochai just kind of adopted that, you know, mindset and just became a beast. Because I mean, he was he I don't know how many points he averaged. You know, his junior year, I don't think it was that much. It wasn't a lot. Here, no. I have, I have his, had a bad year last year, right? I yeah, have his uh, stats pulled up here. Um, last season, he had – he only averaged four – well, only. He averaged 14 points a game. Okay. Well, then he raised that to 21. That's a pretty big well, step. What was his percentages from like two and three uh, uh, I mean, junior season? From his, jun- from his sophomore to junior season? Well, well so – not this season, but last season. So last season, like his shooting, um, his la- his shooting percentage, forty two percent. That's not very good. What was his three? His like 42- three, um, thirty seven. That's better. What was it this year? So forty two and thirty seven this year. Uh, this year was forty eight, and Ow. it looks like forty one. Yeah. Okay. He, yeah, Damian Lillard unlocked something in that man. He, uh, yeah, he just went beast mode. I mean, Ochai yeah, his rebound, his rebounds fucking jumped. You know, I was a doubter at the beginning of the season too, because I remember, you know, right at the start of the season, like first ten games, Ochai had like twenty points in every single game, and I was yeah. like, I was thinking, I was like, oh, like this team's too reliant on Ochai, like he's not that good, like. He's yeah. going to he's going to like be a bust whenever we have to win a game. But like the, I was completely wrong. 
Like Ochai is a total beast. Like that guy is a beast. He had a lot of he had a lot of clout coming into KU. Oh, really? Was he yeah. highly recruited? He was. He, was he, he has a lot of clout from that story when, uh, like, Dope got hurt and, like, everyone at KU got hurt. This was back with, um, oh, what were the two brothers' names? The Lawson twins. Like, this yeah. was the Lawson yeah. twins were there or something. And he was, like, going to get redshirted and then Dope got hurt. And oh, yeah. He, I and, and they tell the story every KU game. Because, <laughs> like, he's, he's the guy and that's how he started. And, like, he gets unredshirted, he plays, and he's awesome, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, he he kind of started from a lot of – I'm not going to say nothing. Like, I think he was still, like, a high three, like, low four star recruit or something like that. Wasn't he, he – he's a KC product. He is a KC product. He's yeah, so – I mean, yeah, he was probably, I mean, he's probably top 150. I'd like to think. If he wasn't I, I top 150, so. that'd be crazy. It, it's kind of weird, though, because Bill, Bill Self takes a lot of dudes who are, like, not, like, in that range necessarily or, like, on the lower end of that range, and they stay for four years, and they're just good. Like, I think that's because Bill Self just knows what a good basketball player looks like. Bill like, Self is, like, probably is, like, that perfect marriage of, talent evaluator and player development he's it's very it's it's very bill snyder-esque but like instead of taking like two and three star dudes from like nowhere state yeah or like the middle of nowhere kansas like you're taking like three and four star dudes who like you know are actually good basketball players yeah and you know it what's very telling of that is bill self bringing in remy martin this season like yeah. that, that literally won us the national championship. Like without Remy Martin, we don't win the national championship. No, I don't think you do because I mean, he, I mean, Harris doesn't give you enough offense in that comeback. No. And you, I mean, Harris, Remy made three huge threes and hell he had that huge block too. Oh yeah. I remember he had a huge three from the corner with like three minutes left. If I remember right. Uh, but yeah, no, Remy was huge. You know, you guys are gonna be playing up against Dewan for the next two years. I, I know, dude. You know, he he reminds me so much of Nadir Tharp in terms <laughs> of like this dude is like just good at basketball, but like he's never gonna be in the league or anything. And it's just like I hate this guy. Yeah, because he's not like physically like gifted enough. Yeah, to, just, to play in the NBA. All he does is hustle, and he's got really good quickness. Yeah, and he has really long arms. He has yeah, really long he's arms. Just a defense, he's a defensive guy. Yeah, he really is. If he was 6'5", he'd go to the league just for his defense, but he's not. He's like, what, 6'1", 6'2", probably? Yeah. You know, the highest recruited guy on that team was David McCormick, that which is kind of surprising. That surprises me because he was like the – he was the rustiest player at the beginning of the season – yeah, you know. but I mean, once he turned it around. Yeah, no, he became a freak. But watching McCormick, other than like these last, you know, the last two and a half months of the season, it's like other than the second half of this season, every game McCormick played in, he struggled so hard to like do the easy things, like l- make wide open layups and like just dunk it. Like if you're wide open, he would just like overthink everything. And he just finally just like settled down and he just started making the easy shots, you know, and just doing like simple little post move hook shot. 
and he just wasn't overthinking it anymore. And it just clicked. It clicked at the right time for Big Dave. I think really what the big thing for him is he, he stopped being like Dirk, if that makes sense. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being Dirk. But, like, he always kind of struck me as a finesse post. And I don't know if that's just because he's got, like, that midi. And, like, that's why I think that. But he started I, – I mean, you could tell he started, like, you know, stepping up to the challenge of being able to play a guy like a like a Baycock. Yeah, you know, yeah. That type of guy. Yeah, he definitely started banging around. I mean, props to the Big 12. There's a lot of big dudes playing in the Big 12. Yeah. So I mean, it's a hell of a bash. I mean, back-to-back natties for the Big 12. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. KU probably should have won in 20. KU probably would have been the favorite to win 20. They were the favorite to win in 2020. So that, that could have been three in a row. Oh, yeah. With Doak and Dotson. Yeah. That, that team was really good. No, I, I know that team was really good. I mean, still almost beat them that year in uh, Bramlage somehow, some way. Oh, yeah. You guys were, or Gavin brought it up again, how K State was kind of the reason why this KU team t- turned its shit around. I was going to bring that up at some point. Your <laughs> You're welcome. That, no, okay. I don't know if you watched the uh, post game interview, but somebody somebody was being interviewed and they mentioned how the K State game prepared them for this moment. Yeah, I think it was Dewan. Was it Dewan talking about? Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that's who you said the other night. Or who okay. You thought it was I, other I night. couldn't remember. But yeah, no, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, that game that was yeah that was our biggest comeback of the season. I mean, other than North Carolina. But weren't we down by, like, 20 in that game? We we got up by at least 20 in that game. I yeah. remember walking around in Las Vegas with my phone, watching the game like a jackass as everyone else is, you know, doing casino things, and my friends are pointing out all the sights. And then yeah. realizing the sudden dread of KU was about to come back from 20 down. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's insane. You know, another huge part of this KU team was Jalen Wilson. He averaged 12 and 10 through the tournament. Mm-hmm. That is like unbelievable. Like I, I feel like it's just, that is very, very rare. I don't think that's happened very many times in history is my guess. Someone averaging a double, double through the March Madness. Now it wasn't quite a double, double. I think it was like 12.2 points and like nine point. It was like right. It was like nine point four rebounds or something yeah, like he, that. Yeah, he's like a small wing competing for boards with uh, Big Dave. Yeah, and you know Jalen was like uh, he got suspended from like the first three games of the season, and last year I don't know if you remember, but Jalen Wilson was kind of like our number one offensive option last I year. I do remember that. And yeah, and he. Like it took him like that. This is another reason why this KU team wasn't that good the first half of the season because Jalen Wilson, it took him like half the season just to realize that he didn't have to be the guy anymore. Like he could just go grab some boards. Like if he could do that, he was like doing his job. And I, I think he was the most valuable player, honestly, either him or Remy. Those they were both just huge X factors. Yeah, and, so, and, him and Dave being able to play like he did in the second half is really what took you guys from team with a lot of talent and a lot of expectations to like the team. I mean, I look, we picked you, and I picked you in my personal bracket, and by you, I mean KU. Congrats! But like, <laughs> but like. <laughs> I know it's hindsight, but it, it doesn't feel like hindsight to me because I did it. 
Like, you guys were so obviously the best team, right? Yeah. Like, like I, it, just, I, it just feels obvious in hindsight. Like, all you all you have big guys. Like, Oates uh-huh. is big. Jalen Wilson's big. Dave is big. Yeah, big Brown's guards. Big, like big guys. Big guards. Big guys that can dribble and shoot, which is, like, yeah. terrifying. Like, Brown and Oach, like, could probably carry a team to, like, a Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four by themselves. Yeah, that's guard, so true. Guard play wins in March, and you have you have two really big long guards that can score, and so it, and then like you have you just have Jalen Wilson sitting there is honestly probably your fourth option. Yeah, Brevin's on the floor. He might be the. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you know you play the first five minutes against KU, and you're like, oh yeah, we can play with these guys, and then Remy checks into the game, and you're like, fuck, we can't guard that guy. Like he's too fast. <laughs> and you guys just punch teams in the mouth so quick too. Oh, and the yeah. fact that he chose KU, he could have chose anywhere else to be and be a yeah, starter yeah. somewhere. And he's like, "Nah, I'll, I'll go to KU and just well, he run was as a six man." He was Big Twelve preseason player of the year. Yeah, that that's oh, that's yeah. hard. Which it's is hard shocking for somebody. Yeah, for somebody to transfer in and just be like automatic. Yeah, you're gonna be, you know, hey, mm-hmm. who who who's that guy? His last name starts with a V. It's like Vandermeer. I don't remember his name, but he's like the big Ku Scoops dude who had that weird story about how Remy was gonna leave the program. And then like, uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm not in. I'm not in on all that. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I know someone had shared that with me, and then like Bill Self basically just called him out for saying he didn't know what you know he was uh-huh. talking about it. it's like the same dude who's been peddling like KU to the Big Ten which by the way if you guys ever get invited like I would go um, <laughs> you I know, don't I don't want to hate on the Big 12 but you know oh, yeah, hey Big 12 is a basketball conference we are you know KU stays but one of the best basketball we are the best basketball conference in the country hey we fare well in bowl games too OU won their bowl game K-State won their bowl game Okie State beat Notre Dame they did yeah, like what um, we we represent, we're we're better than the SEC. Dude, the SEC lost all of their bowl games except for the except fucking except final for the four. Important ones in the Citrus Bowl, I think. It was. Yeah, I fucking hate. Yeah. The or no, SEC. it was it was the Duke's Mayo Bowl too. That Duke's Mayo Bowl is as important as the national title. I think the <laughs> SEC might be the most overrated thing in sports, honestly. It's, it's just like a what do you? It's like kind of like the minor leagues for the NFL. At well, this point. it's like it's just because they have Bama. Well, and, I know, and, and now then you got to think like, then you think like but, Vanderbilt's just like the bastard stepchildren of that. Oh yeah, like they would get kicked out of the conference if they didn't need grades. Yeah, yeah no, kid, that's no joke. And you can't act like the rest of those teams in the conference aren't just getting the shit kicked out of them by Bama. Like it's like, it's not like they're just like stacked across the like, board. Honestly, yeah. Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee just doesn't feel like they belong there. Who lost Purdue? I understand there was like circumstances to that game, but they lost to Purdue. Like, it's Purdue. Yeah, <laughs> they lost to St. Peter's in basketball. And they can't be that good, even at football. Well, well Sam, a lot of these. Sam, hold up. You know, you said like five minutes ago that you. I mean, it was like hindsight. It was very obvious that KU basketball was the best team. Yes, I think that the only other team that could have, you know, won it in kind of fit that same criteria is Kentucky. Kentucky, I think, was actually good. But Dude, I think they I, I think I, they I, mailed in a game against a St. Peter's team that like for some reason was playing good. I don't know why. I but, I hear you on that. 
my it always comes down to me. I don't ever think Kentucky has enough shooting. That's fair. They were that, that's why they don't win in March. Like yeah. if you look at like when they won uh in 2012 over KU, like they had Darius Miles like banging threes everywhere. Oh yeah, I know that yeah, that can be wicked if you got shooters all over. Yeah, like they had Darius Miles and then like Anthony Davis could I mean Anthony Davis was like a generational player too. It took them Anthony Davis and like I, again, like we don't need to go. That, that, we, yeah, we, no, that yeah. that team was stacked. I'm sure if we looked at the roster, it would. Yeah, uh, I just blame John Calipari. I I don't blame John. Is a good coach. It it so here's here's what I always think, right? I always think that John just recruits all these elite level high school kids, which is fine. But like ninety percent of the time, the elite level high school kids are just elite level high school kids because they're great athletes. Yeah, and, like and he had like on that national championship team, they have Michael K. Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. Michael K. Gilchrist can't fucking shoot. Yeah, and I think that there's a big difference between like being an athletic high school kid and having like man strength because yeah. like some of these especially this year because there were so many like six years but like that North Carolina team they had like grown men like Brady Manick was like a grown man dude Brady Manick is like the same age as Trey Young and Trey Young's been in the league like four seasons (laughs) (laughs) no like yeah North Carolina just had some big strong dudes like well that's what wins in March dude yeah never win in March yeah you gotta have strong guys what are the outliers in that like Duke, when they had Jaleel Okafor, um, Tyus Jones, and Justice Winslow. And then Kentucky, when they had, like, Anthony Davis, Michael Kegelchrist. But they had, that, they had that other team was guys stupid. who came back. You remember? Because of the lockout? So, uh-huh. like, uh, what's, what was his name? The left-handed guy. He was number three. His last name was Jones. He got drafted by the Rockets. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't it's know It's like first Terrence name. Jones. Like, Terrence Jones was, like, a projected top five pick. And then he like came back to school because of the lockout, and they had like another guy there too. And like the thirty-eight no Kentucky team was a bunch of dudes who came back because they just didn't leave. Yeah, like the Harrison brothers and uh, like those guys. Yeah, Kentucky. I'm kind of glad St. Peter's got them, but you know you can't like as a. I'm I'm gonna be kind of pretentious here. But, like, as a KU basketball fan, it's, like, I I remember after we lost to Northern Iowa, you know, I was I was young. Like, I was a little boy. Ali Farouk Madash. Yeah, no, I, I remember just being absolutely devastated. Like, it was the worst thing that had ever happened to me. And, like, <laughs> like I just think that it's – ever since that, like – I've just always been terrified of the first round KU tournament games. I mean, it's just like if you're, you know, like a two seed like Kentucky, you're playing a 15 seed. 15 seeds like aren't even that bad these days, you know? And, yeah, I'm you telling know, you, it's, it's because of shooting, dude. Like a lot yeah, of Doug don't fuck <laughs> and win tournament games if we just have a bunch of dudes who can shoot threes. You know that Doug Eddard guy? Am I saying that right? Doug Eddard. Yeah, Doug, Doug, yeah, Doug, Doug Eddard. Yeah, yeah. He, he entered the transfer portal. I saw yeah, that. He was like a zero-star recruit. K-State should get him. 
Fuck he, it, why not? Dude, that would be crazy if K-State got dug at her. Oh, my God. He seems God. like a K-State guy just for some reason. He does. So I, I have a quick question. So K-State won in 2008 and this year. Which one, which one feels better to you uh, in your opinion? Like, which one has more emotion? I've, you know, I think that that 2008 team could do things in a game that this team couldn't even do in practice. Like, I'm talking like Sharon throwing like half-court oops to Darrell Arthur and shit. And like that 2008 team had just, we had Darnell Jackson, Sasha Khan, and Darrell Arthur. Just like yeah, that's three massive dudes that could play ball. Don't don't forget Brandon Rush was just on that. Team. Yeah, Brandon <laughs> Rush, Mario Mario Chalmers. Was on the bench. Like he was yeah. a bench warmer. Who was your last starter? Uh, oh, Russell yeah, Robinson. Chalmers. Yeah, and Russell Mario Robinson. Chalmers. Yeah, no, that yeah, that team was really good. I and think all the, the starters on that team got drafted. Like I think every starter left after that championship uh game and they all got drafted and all yeah. played in the league for a while, except for Darnold. Darnell Jackson and Sasha Khan didn't necessarily pay up. But, like, Darrell Arthur played for a while. And, like, Mario Chalmers played for a while. And Brandon Rush played for a long while. Yeah, I'm sure Sasha Khan went overseas and probably tore up, like, the Israeli basketball league or something. I think he was, like, in the Russian league for forever. He came over for, like, a brief moment. Like, yeah, probably the Sixers, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, no, that team was was really good. But a funny thing about that 08 team is – they shouldn't have even won the championship. Like they got lucky as hell. Like and they beat, Memphis and they beat absolutely very, choked. Memphis yeah, yeah, absolutely they, choked. Yes. Um, Chris Douglas Roberts. Like everyone Derek Rose missed the last free throw mm-hmm. in regulation, but Chris Douglas Roberts was like three or four, like in the last like minute and a half or two minutes or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we shouldn't have even won it in two thousand eight. Well, you know. I don't know. Depends on how you look at sports. You can see it both ways. We did win the game. But uh, this year, I mean, I thought we were just better than North Carolina. I thought that was evident after their 15-point lead just evaporated. Like, Oh, yeah. It, it, like, we were better. I think if we played North Carolina 10 times, we'd at least win six. We might I think, win seven. I think, I think with a healthy ba- – Baycott's a fucking dude. And I think if he was healthy, it could have been a little bit of a different story. I don't, you know, I've I, I do narrative. agree. I do. I do agree with the fact that you would win just because KU just is deeper. They have a deeper bench. I, I think, I think you only see the changes if Baycott doesn't injure himself. I think the bigger, I don't think the injury necessarily is like the big thing. I don't think Baycott really could have played it much better than he did. He played like an animal and he was, he was playing I, on it, one like leg. The last two minutes is what it was. Like he yeah. got hurt and he went out and then like, I mean, that changes the game, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that 08 team also had Sharon Collins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? Man. He was, he, you know, he was like the Remy Martin of that team, honestly. Yeah, Just, I wonder who said that like three hold on. weeks ago. Actually, I, I want to look up Randy Martin's height. Oh, he's six foot. Yeah, but Sharon, Sharon wasn't like 5'9". Sharon was like 5'10 or something. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't far away from that. But in basketball standard, that's pretty short. I, I remember those games when Sharon played at uh, the Octagon of Doom. Like against Poland. Do you remember those games? Those games oh, were dude, nuts. Games, oh, gosh. Those games those, were those crazy. Games 
Oh my gosh. Those were like the greatest basketball games ever played. I wish I wish I could like find. I wonder if there's a way to get a hold of those games and rewatch them. The state well, of Kansas was ever, thriving. If K-State ever won one of those games, there's probably a DVD about it. Well, it's the 2008, the 2008 game. Yeah. Yeah. You guys Michael Beasley. Yeah. By the way, you guys for some reason Michael Beasley got brought up in the last episode. Uh but Michael Beasley in my opinion he is one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. You're not wrong. Like, not, yeah, not wrong. You're not wrong. And the only dude, okay, there's like this super weird, like thing that happens in like Twitter and like when we t- start talking about college careers, where like if guys stink in like the pros or just are like underperforming in the pros then, like, their college career, like, had to have been bad. Like, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Well, did you hear all the shit that came out that Michael Beasley recently talked about? How uh, his family was, like, stealing from him? Yeah. Oh, I did not hear about that. Yeah, no. His his – yeah, no. Like, basically, he did this interview, and he talked about how, like, I don't know. he Like, all of his family just, like, turned against him. Wow. And yeah, like, uh, it like, you know, like that would obviously cause mental stress on a guy. Well, and, and he doesn't like trust anyone. No, yeah. he, he was having like legal issues there for when he was in the NBA. So, well, and like that, that he talks about that, too, where it's like he just feels like he got singled out because he got like got like a rep. Yeah. Because, like he got labeled and like, you know, it, yeah. The pod, what is the name of that podcast? It's with Ryan Clark. And then two other Miami guys. I can't. I, I can't think of the other guys off the top of my head. I'm not sure, but Michael Beasley might be like the biggest what if, like of all. Like, because he would literally walk on a college basketball court and drop 40 points, and like wouldn't even like it would just it was like a daily thing. Yeah, like, like, it was I like. Was his average like 26 and 12 or something? Like yeah, and like he that. made it look so easy. Like he was like he was just balling, you know. He's like just like a street baller, just like having a good time. Wasn't he like the number one overall recruit coming out of high school? So it it depends. You ask like Kevin Love was, and like Beasley was, and like Be- Beasley was consensus like top five though. Let's in see that here. class, I see. Um, I'm looking up it, his uh, his points. It, depending on the site you go to, he's like somewhere in the top five. I think I've seen him at eight sometimes. But like the thing, the thing with Mike is like he he got in the NBA like ten years too early. Like nowadays, he would just play power. Like they were trying to make him a three because he was too like quote unquote small to play the four. Huh. He, he was a tweener, but like nowadays, like just as a scoring four, like dude, like you saw what he did when he was on the Rockets when he basically wasn't in the league for like two years. He was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he, like if yeah. He, if, if you got if he got drafted today, like he would be much better off. Like I mean, he if he gets drafted in 2018, like after the Warriors and everything, he would have he would have had a much better career. I mean, and if his better. family doesn't turn against him, well, it, yeah, it's the support structure and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you got to have support and like that. Yeah, I that's know. tough. I, I can't a- even imagine listening it. To this, um, I'm gonna look up the name of that podcast real quick. Michael Beasley, if you're listening, we love you. Come on the pod. 
Come on the we pod, would, uh, man. <laughs> we would lo- we would love to talk to Mike. I mean, we can talk about anything he wants on here. I don't care. I'm trying to find. Um, I'm okay. kind you of know, finding it. Right I don't now. know why I remember this, but uh, it's just so imprinted into my mind. But that 2008 game uh, at K State, you know, he like I'm went up K- and got on the table. Yeah, no, but I, that that happened. But I remember how the game started. It is it was like six threes. Like each team hit three threes. It was insane. Like fireworks. I mean, just just Dude, think about who was on that court. It was Brandon Rush, Mario Chalmers, Michael Beasley. Like Bill that was Walker. Bill Walk. Bill yeah. Walker. Yeah, that, that was like. Poland. Yeah, that was like a freaking NBA game. Like that shit was crazy. It's it kind was, of wild how K State got all that talent there for even just one season, but it's crazy that it was there. And then Bruce Weber just inherited it in well, one he, game. He inherited the team with Rodney. It was Rodney and Jordan Enriquez Roberts and Shane South. Oh, yeah. And Clemente. Who was and the I team think, that he no, built on his own? Angel Rodriguez. Oh, oh, yes. Who was See, the team that he recruited? The team he recruited? Yeah, who was on the team that, like, had the tournament run that he recruited. Oh, was, was it, it Kamal Stokes, Barry Brown, Dean Wade was on the team. Oh, Wade Dean Wade, Kentucky. Dean uh, Wade after the season, by the way, for the Cavs. Rip, Dean, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the pod. <laughs> we're Bosch, just gonna start names here. To hell with Bosco boys. We're gonna end that podcast. <laughs> we, we need to. We need to make a, a top ten like all time Kansas basketball players. Michael Beasley and Dean Wade are on the list. And uh, that Wichita State guy. Ron What's Baker. It? Ron Baker. Ron Baker, on dude. There. Okay, wait. So, Ron Baker and Fred Van Vliet were on that team, but Clanthony Early was the uh, number one option on that team. People forget. Damn. That's and wild. He was like, he's the one who got drafted. Fred didn't get drafted, remember? Yeah. Yeah, Ron but did. Fred was like, oh, my God. Fred was so good. Yeah, he, he was, was such a up. rock. Like, that dude would not make a mistake. On, in a college like he would he'd play a whole game and he would never like make a mistake and that's you why know, he's so good in the nba too he's just playing you know chess. why he's the guy like you you want to know why like he is the best player like in the league from all those dudes because when they were losing to kentucky in their undefeated season and the season was on the line they needed the shot they gave it to fred he he missed it he hit it off the back iron oh he, i remember he that gave it to fred like that's who that's who uh, Greg Marshall said we're gonna ride or die with tonight. Damn. So uh, that, yeah, that, that was a that was a crazy game and a crazy team that Wichita State had. I mean, that Kentucky team made it to the it made it to the final that year. Wow, I think Wichita State didn't they make a Final Four? Am I wrong about yeah, that? Yeah, it, it was the year before that. Yeah, okay. They lost to I Kentucky. They, they got Luke Hancock. I see. <laughs> well, uh. I wanted to talk about the Kansas City Royals because I was actually at. I was going to ask. I was at Coffin Stadium yesterday. Cash Kansas, big, uh, big uh, KU fan and big Royals fan. Yes, I I love the Royals. What did you think of Granky being back? Oh my gosh! Okay, it was like I just had butter. Like watching the game, me and my dad went to the game yesterday, and like I just had butterflies like the whole time, just like watching Granky because. Whenever, like, my first year of being a Royals fan, I remember Zach Grinke. It was when I was, like, oh, yeah. young, and yeah. I didn't 
yeah. I wasn't really like plugged in, but like mm-hmm. Zach Greinke, he won the Cy Young. Yeah, in he Kansas won the City, Cy Young. He and won, which is he won unheard. The World of. Series too by getting yeah. traded. Like the guys they got back in that trade basically won the World Series. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, Kane and Escobar, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um they got a uh, what's his nuts. Um, Oda Rizzi, who they put oh, James yeah. Shields too, oh, but James Shields yeah. technically didn't have anything to do with that title. So I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get the chance to watch it yesterday because the MLB makes it so fucking complicated to watch. Oh, so I just God. listen. Yes. I, I just, I just listen more. Than oh, I on the watch. radio, I yeah. love listening to baseball. On the I radio. do too. I do the thing where, like, I do it in college sports too, where I turn on the local radio station oh, yeah. and watch the game on TV. It's so really? much better. Yeah, no, the radio commentary is so much better. Yeah, I just like watching baseball though because it's one of those visual games. But oh, yeah. I mean, listening to it's fine. But it, I don't understand how the MLB can make something that they wonder why the NBA and the uh, NFL just have their fucking hands wrapped around them, choking them because they don't make it easy for their people to watch. Yeah. I mean, like I can't stand just, just as an example, I cannot stand Bill Walton. That guy's the worst thing <laughs> oh. to ever happen to college basketball. Uh, dude, Bill, Bill is something. I yeah. just am sick to my stomach every time he he always does the he always does the late night uh, West yes. Coast games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God. Or anytime the there's a tournament, if there's ever a tournament in Hawaii and some big school is there, he is there. Dude, what's the name of the guy that's like always with him? Who's like always having to put up with this oh, shit? Because that guy has the hardest job in the whole world. Yeah, he has to babysit. <laughs> I, I, I know who it is. I can't. I can't think of it. By the he way, he just has to like handle that. <laughs> What'd you say? I said Ryan Clark's podcast is called the Pivot Podcast. Oh, okay. So type that um, in. Go find the Beasley episode. Super good. Who commentates with Bill? Is it Dave Pash? Dave Pash? That, I, that sounds right. Yep, it's Dave Pash. Yeah. What a guy. He Yeah, he's got to get paid a pretty penny. Dude. Yeah, I hope he's getting paid. <laughs> Dave Pash, if you're listening. We appreciate you what you go through. We want you on the pod. <laughs> Jay Pash isn't listening to this garbage. <laughs> Maybe if we were talking about the Conference of Champions, Pac-12, even though the Pac-12 is not Oh, God. Pac-12 hasn't won anything in forever. <laughs> hey, they whooped the shit out of U.S. Uh, I mean, USC whooped the shit out of KU last year. So, uh, so won that. Okay. The Pac-12 was randomly really good last year. Like, yeah, I remember all that. They won games last year. I think they just like ridiculous. all peaked at the same time, like all those Pac-12 teams. It was like I the guess, ACC so. this year. Like The ACC was down this year, and then tournament time came around, and we were like, oh, yeah, now we're just going to win some fucking games. Yeah, it was – yeah, ACC and Big 12 both were pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, so, but so anyway, do, uh, we want to talk about the Royals, what were you about to say? Yeah, I was gonna, gonna ask, you, ask you how Bob Witt was. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about Bobby Witt too. Uh, being twenty-one, younger than all of us, and being yeah, the dude I, that he is. You know, I. Well, first off, I think it's funny because he he wears the same number as Alex Gordon, and Alex Gordon was like the last guy we had who was like the number one overall pick. Yeah, and he his major league debut was like a huge deal. And he also wore number seven. But the thing about Alex Gordon is that he was horrible for like five years. Like it literally took him five years to figure shit out. 
That dude wasn't any good till he got moved to left field. They moved yes, exactly. Third base to left field to see if they could get anything out of him, and he became an all star. See, Bobby and... is like the opposite. Oh, Bobby's just a freak. I think Bobby, like, I think Alex Gordon's major league debut, he like struck out every time or something. Mm-hmm. Bobby is like, he's hacking up there, and he was facing Shane Bieber. Yeah, too. and yeah, you know he, no yeah, he was hitting the ball. He was hitting the ball. He didn't strike out. I don't think he did, but uh. Mm-hmm. Every time he came up, you know, everyone would get on their feet and start cheering. And then he would, like, get out. And everyone would be like, oh. But then, you know, I, I, we kind of, like, me and my dad kind of saw it coming. I feel like everyone there kind of saw it coming. You know, it got to, like, the sixth inning, and Bobby Witt flied out, and it was tied one-to-one. So it was basically set up for him to come up again in the eighth. Mm-hmm. So, and he was 0 for 3. So what do you know? Two outs, bottom of the eighth. Uh, I forgot who was on second, but we had a guy on second. Doesn't was it Lopez? Yeah, it might have been Nicky. Oh yeah. It no, no, it was it was Michael A. Taylor. Taylor oh, drew a walk wow. to start so, the inning. That's right. Look yeah. at me pretending like I know what's going on. But actually, Nicky Lopez had the Nicky Lopez was the MVP of that game. Oh, dude, that that. Uh... He fucking stole a hit off. Oh of yeah, the diving catch that that literally was saved a run. Yeah, and he hit and, really well. Oh yeah, yeah. He had the he he actually had the deepest ball hit in that game. Yeah, and he's like the <laughs> smallest guy. Yeah, and he was the only guy who hit one off the wall. He had a he had an RBI double to tie. This the team game. looked really good yesterday. I granted nobody wins in uh, April, but we wins the World Series in April. But it this was this is a very good team from what it looked like yesterday. Yeah, I, I feel like this that game was just like I don't know if the Royals win that game last year. No, I mean, the obviously, past five yeah, years. No, they, I feel the, what you're yeah. saying on that one. Like, well, first off, we had Grinky. Yeah. We haven't had him. He's he's gonna be good. You know, he's gonna be like he's gonna have a sub four five ERA. He might even have a sub four ERA. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. God, but I, I would love for him to have one last like really good season. Grinky season. Yeah, that would be amazing. And it, like, imagine us like making the wild card game. We're starting Grinky. There's no way we would lose that game. By the way, if we make a wild card game and we're starting Grinky, I don't care if we're playing like the Greek gods. We are <laughs> winning that game. Greek gods can't bat. Can't hit a ball. I know we have like two good pitchers, but if if um I can, I butcher his name, Chris Bubik. Oh Bub- yeah, Bubich. This is like a make or break year for him. Like, you know, I, well, we need a season out of him. Yeah, well, we basically have, like, I don't know. We have, like, eight uh, hotshot young starting pitchers. Oh, that's all that we are like about is the youngsters coming up. It's, yeah, it's uh, Brady Singer, Chris Bubich, mm-hmm. yeah. Carlos Hernandez, Brad Keller. All four of those guys are, like, a, a part of the same class. I guess we – I don't think we drafted Carlos. I think we actually – Got him in a trade. I think you're but, right. Yeah, Carlos. Yeah, you're right on that. Uh, by the way, everybody's sleeping on Carlos Hernandez. I think he's going to be our number two guy. Yeah. On like by the end of the, I think by the All Star break he's going to be the number two guy. He he's like six six two fifty, and he throws a hundred miles an hour. He's like CC Sabathia, like literally. He's an he, absolute. Is he a righty beast. or a lefty? 
I think he's a righty. I guess CC uh, was a lefty. I was gonna say if he was a lefty, a good night, man. He is a he is a righty. Like right now, if he was a left-hander, yeah, he's a righty. <laughs> well, getting all uh... those Randy Johnson comparisons. Because every dude over six five that throws a hundred miles an hour, yeah, that's lefty is Randy Johnson. Oh, I think we did draft him. I'm, oh I'm shit! Good. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, yeah, no, he's just like big and powerful, and he competes really hard, and he's. I think he's gonna be good. He's he's starting on Monday though. Yeah, we'll that's good. Tune in then. Uh, I'm really worried about Brad tomorrow. Good old Brad Keller. I I just feel like he's gonna get absolutely shelled, but we'll see. You know, I butchered that <laughs> earlier. I said Boobich, but it's actually Brad Keller. I was talking about like this yeah, is like he, the year where like all right, it's time to fucking step up. Yeah, I think he's uh, one year older than all the other guys. Yeah, so. He's like been with the organization for a year longer than like mm-hmm. Bubich and Singer. Yeah. So I he, I don't he, I don't know. I was gonna say maybe he's the type of guy that you move to the bullpen eventually. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, if you I, get that's usually what happens with. Then he come in. He cut it a start. I thought he came in as a relief. No, he's always been a starter. But Has the he? thing with him is like he, you know, it's like the thing. It's the same problem with Singer too. They both just get absolutely destroyed in the first innings. Yeah. And then they, like, settle down. Yeah, they just and don't they, start they, games. Yeah, but it's like, oh, my. Like, I guarantee – you know, Brady Singer is not even in the rotation. He's not in the starting pitching rotation, which is was, – I was kind of shocked by that. So are they just trying to, like, ease him in then, I'm guessing? That would no, uh, Daniel Lynch. Daniel Lynch, yep. That Daniel Lynch took his spot, basically. Oh, See, ESPN has him as the number two, but uh, isn't you said Hernandez is starting on the bump next next game, on, right? No, on Monday. It's, oh, uh, on Monday. Keller tomorrow, Bubich yep. on Sunday, yeah, and Carlos on Monday. Monday. Yeah, and then I, I think I heard that Daniel Lynch was going to pitch the next one. I mean, Even we've been the, saying it. We've been we, saying it for the past like three or four seasons. Like we've been needing a bullpen, and yeah, I think it's stepped up a lot. I mean, yeah, I thought that. Jake Brent's guy looked pretty good. He was a little bit wild. I don't know if you did you guys actually watch the game. I could. I wasn't able to. I was at work. Oh, that's. I mean, it was a. It was a. It was a good game. Like it was actually. But one one note I will take away from it. Yep. Yeah, uh. Well, what I was talking about before, our bullpen was good. Jake Brent's was solid. Um, and Scott Barlow was really good. Mm-hmm. I think it was just those two guys because Grinky went five and two thirds, and then I think Jake Brent's pitched. Two and a third. Yep. Uh, maybe I'm missing a guy, but I think Jake Brent's pitched two and a third, and then Barlow pitched the last two innings. I'll, uh, and they I'll didn't give up a run. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing yeah. a guy in between them. Maybe a guy who threw like got like three outs or something. But uh, um, I'm looking at it right now. Let me see. But the bullpen looked good. I feel like if we are gonna have a weakness, it's gonna be starting pitching. I think we're gonna be it's, able to score. Now, yeah. Yeah, we're going to be able to score runs. I think our bullpen is at least going to be, like, average. Like, I don't think we're going to be horrible. Oh, Josh Stoutmont. Stoutmont, yeah, that's, he came oh, in. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, Best breaking ball in the game, baby. Yeah, no, Stoutmont's a freaking horse. Uh, so, yeah, no, if, if those are our top three guys, Brents, Stoutmont, Barlow, I think that's kind of tough. I mean, they have good stuff, and they're, like, long and tall, and they throw hard. I think they're tough guys to hit off of. So, we'll, so we'll I, didn't, be okay. I didn't get to see the game. Does Scott Barlow still have his uh, flow? Yeah, he does. he does. Okay. Yeah. Barlow, Barlow did pitch two innings. 
You know, Carlo he actually got the win technically. Yeah, he did. He came in for the eighth. I think he was just going to be the setup man because I I don't think he's our closer. I think he's going to be the setup man. He's the eighth inning guy. But who do you think's the closer then? I I have no idea. I thought it was going to be Stalmont, but he pitched the seventh inning. So maybe it says Barlow. Like a high ESPN, situation maybe that could he, be what it is. ESPN is saying Barlow, but I never trust what they. Have well, to say. that's because he yeah. technically closed. He's the labeled. Game. Well, he's labeled as that. But the reason why he closed the game is because he came in in the eighth and he literally got three outs in like eight pitches. Yeah. yeah. So why would you take him out? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like, oh, well, we're going to bring Barlow back for the ninth. Like, yeah. So that, that I think that that's the only reason why he closed. I don't I don't know if he would have been the closer. We'll find if, out uh, over the course of 161 games. <laughs> oh, we're I think we're gonna see a lot of the bullpen tomorrow. I think big old Brad might have some problems. Oh, but <laughs> I uh, the Guardians suck though, so maybe Brad can. Well, their name handle. sucks. They should have been yeah, the their names. Spiders. Yeah, dude. Like also. They're like five through nine hitters are just fucking trash. Like they're just horrible. I'm trying to think of their names. Like Hinches, Hinges. He's they have like a couple big guys who I guess are like their sluggers, but they're they're not any good. They so. have a B Bradley, Y Chang, S Khan, A Head. I, I know who Hedges. Hinches, Hinches, yeah, Hinges, whatever. That guy sucks. And then Jimenez. <laughs> yeah. Jimenez is like 100 years old, I'm pretty sure. What's he's been have? playing forever. He's got to be at least 35. Andreas Jimenez, he's, he's 23. Oh, okay, well, I'm thinking about a different guy. Yeah, it happens. Another Jimenez. There's, there's probably, there's probably a, a handful of shit. Yeah, probably a lot in baseball. Dude, well, I tell you what, Mr. Cash, <laughs> um, how about you give us one final – Prediction on the Royal season, a final word, word, and we'll wrap this SOB up. All right. Um, 90 wins. 90 wins. Yeah. You heard that's, it here yeah. first. 90 wins, and I think we're going to have a top five offense. Okay. Ooh. Because I genuinely think, guys, Hunter Dozier's been raking. He had one of our like only he had one of our four hits. It was an RBI double. Uh, it was like on a deep fly ball and it was like super fucking windy and could have been an error, but he did hit it really deep. I don't know. But Hunter Dozier had like he, he was batting like 450 in spring. Like he had a hit in every single game. So he's and, and you have Salvi too. If he takes like even a small step back, he's still producing. Oh yeah. And, high clip. and you have to factor in that last year, Hunter Dozier might have been like statistically the worst player in baseball he was awful last year. he was so bad he was an automatic out yeah and he was hitting in like the six hole which is just brutal because like the five and six hole are debatably i think they're like the most important parts of the lineup yeah i know that they don't bat i mean yeah you gotta obviously put your best hitters at the top just so they bat more but the five and six hole are crucial and we had Trash Solaire and Trash Dozer last hey, year, who were like the two worst players in baseball. Batting in our, the, who, the who won? Who won World Series MVP last year? Okay, I listen. You hey, you remember what he was doing right before we <laughs> traded him? No, I I know. I, no, I he he started going off. He did win it last year. I I genuinely cash. What's yeah. up? 
Um, like I, I genuinely like forgot he had won that. Like I genuinely <laughs> forgot that he won World Series MVP last year. Dude, I just knew as soon as the Braves got him, I was like, "Yep, he's just gonna be a freaking beast for the rest of the season." But I will say that Braves fans better prepare themselves for Jorge Soler to be the worst player in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what he's gonna be, and they're all gonna be like, "What the heck?" And I'm, we're gonna, Royals fans are gonna be like, "Yeah, we we knew about this." So, but I mean, it's just it's huge having Mondesi back. Nicky Lopez is gonna be hitting 300. Whit Merrifield's gonna be hitting 300. Bobby Witt Jr. Who knows? 50. If if dude, if Bobby <laughs> bats 270 and hits 20 home runs, he's yeah. gonna be rookie of the year. Yeah. So yeah, he will be. So and. He already has one double. You know, how many doubles is he going to hit if he He's plays every day? 162. Exactly. So, I, you know, Bobby's going to be huge. Salvi's going to be huge. Dozier's back. I think our worst hitters, in my personal opinion, are Carlos Santana and Michael A. Taylor. I think those are the two weak links. Santana's kind of playing for his job. We, we kind of have to play Santana because we're paying him a shit ton of money. And... Uh, but we have a Nick Prado in AAA right now. He's a first baseman we recruited. I thought he's Prado a, would have been called up. Yeah, no, he's – I mean, the only guy keeping him from playing for the Royals right now is Carlos Santana. I see. I would have put – I don't know if Santana year. would have been a DH. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll do that at times. At some, I, at I think, some point. Yeah, I think Dozier was dh on Thursday. Yeah. You'll I definitely – He'll, you'll get to see him at some point, I would imagine, this year, Prado. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll be really fun because he was like roommates with Bobby through mm-hmm. the minors. Oh, boy. They, they're like best friends. Bash brothers. And, and they both like led the minor leagues in home runs last year. Like, they, they're literally like a fairy tale story, like those two guys. Bash brothers 2.0, KC. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like Moose and Haas. It's going to be nuts. All right. But, well, I tell you what, Mr. Cash. It was a pleasure having you on. Hey, 90 Glad- wins. 90 wins. 90 wins in a top five offense. In a top five offense, baby. Well, I uh, want to thank everyone for listening to our midweek, late week, whatever the hell we decided to call this week episode. It was a pleasure to have you on, Mr. Cash. We love talking to you. Thank you. Come you. On it, it was a pleasure. Anytime you want. Hey, how about you have me on again when the Royals make the playoffs? Bet. Royals make the playoffs, you get another one of these. How about that? Or you can have me on again when the Royals are dog shit at the All-Star break. (laughs) Either or. Either way, we'll have you on. (laughs) Okay, all right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. And with that, we want to wrap the show. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you enjoyed it, please share like subscribe i said it in the wrong order it didn't roll off the tongue but we want to thank you and we want your honest feedback and shout out to gavin for being at class tonight that's why he wasn't here we miss him we'll see him next episode though thanks again for mr cash for appearing and i want to say thank you to mr beans for also providing excellent content because I don't know anything about Royals baseball because I'm a Red Sox fan. Ooh. And with that, we lost, <laughs> we lost today to the Yankees. Oh, and 62. Here we come. And with oh, that, boy. thank you everyone for listening. We'll catch you next time. Stay frosty. <laughs>